Happy New Year, everybody. I hope 2023 is treating you right so far. A um, couple weeks into, into the first weekend. It's a very exciting time of the year. It's a very, um, it's kind of interesting to see just the collective mindset and energy, like the, the energetic shift that happens like around the new year. People get excited. People get happy. People, you know, maybe not happy, but people get like they, there's a sense of hope in, in like renewal. And it's, it's kind of an arbitrary thing that the calendar starts when it does. But the idea that, hey, we are starting something new here. We have an entire year ahead of us. That's an exciting thing. And it makes you feel a certain amount of like hope, I guess. Um, I already use that word, but it's it kind of it, it it's interesting to think about just like at, like in terms of the what the what's going on physically in the world you know the uh the celestial movements of have have uh planet has ended its descent into darkness and has been reborn in the winter solstice and is you know the days are getting longer um we're moving towards warmth and um summer and you know the abundant seasons versus the descent into darkness and coldness that uh, is characterized by uh, winter and the, the shortening of the days. And I think that this is kind of deeply embedded in our psychology that as like just just from living on this planet for however long that, you know, we understand that things are are being reborn, like there's a there's a revitalization in the air, you know, physically in the sense of like, what's happening with like the soil and you know the sun's going to come out soon and it's going to start raining and you know we can grow crops again but but also i think that that just underlying understanding is embedded really deep into the way that we think and we kind of intuitively understand that hey this is a new opportunity for us to build something this is an opportunity for us to grow for us to start to challenge ourselves to, to start to learn new things and you have a whole year you look at the calendar you think i have a whole year so it's exciting. However, winter is also um, a bit of a depressing time. It, it sucks a little bit. You know, you have, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think part of it is, again, like playing into that psychology of like, you know, intuitively we understand that it's like winter is the time to kind of hunker down and, you know, not, and to, not, to not go out there and expose yourself to the elements as much and to, you know, to start, you know, being frugal with your resources because that's what our ancestors had to do for the most part is they had to weather out the winter they they didn't have the same um supply of food as uh, year round as we do and i was thinking about that the other day it's like i have there's zero difference in my diet um other than what i have chosen to change from now till summer that's, that's kind of interesting but i think that that mindset of like that just ancient ancestral you know programming of like let's hunker down and weather out the the season i think that that spills over into our our mental health as well and, and just like in ways that we don't necessarily perceive and we kind of get into this funk and we we, we tend to sink a little bit and i think that there's some physical reasons for it too is you know if you're not in the sun as much like the sun like if you're not getting vitamin d if you're not outside um getting fresh air like that that, that has a negative impact on your health has a negative impact on you in general Plus, people tend to not do as much, and they tend to not go out as much. So they become more isolated, um, and that lack of community, lack of interest in things can can have a pretty pretty negative impact, too. And I think it's just the season. It's like a collective energetic shift. People it tend to struggle with depression a lot, especially around the holidays. So I want to talk a little bit about mental health 
And I'm going to do my best to do it in a practical way, um, unlike what you will find on, you know, some places of the internet, uh, which is essentially useless, if, if that, if not worse. So there's four main principles that I want to talk about today. These, and these are very practical things that you guys can, um, can leave with. And listen, when I say practical, I don't mean easy, okay? I don't mean that this is going to be a magic bullet that fixes everything for you. It's not something that's just going to instantaneously change your life if you adopt this. However, it gives you tools that you can actually use and work with so that you can go about creating lasting change, so that you can have ways of getting through this stuff. So the first, and I, I don't know if principles is the right word, I'm just bullet points, concepts, rules, I don't know. But there's four that I'm going to talk about today. So the first is your structure for life. Okay, the way that you set your life up, the way that you as a person are set up, like what is the foundation that you're operating off of? Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll go into depth in all of these, obviously. Um, number two is strategies for dealing with problems because problems are going to arise. Um, so it doesn't matter how good your life is structured, like something bad is going to happen. So how do you deal with that? And part of that is going to go, um, that's going to, both of those are going to kind of bleed into each other a little bit. And they, they kind of merge at the point of like, what about what, what's happening on the internal world, right? Because you're going to have negative thoughts come up. It's not just negative things that happen to you, but it's like, are, is your life structured in a way that allows you to, um, to manage those negative thoughts? And two, do you have strategies for dealing with them when they do come up? Because they will. And it's silly to say, like, I hope that I don't get depressed. And that's, that's the state that I found myself in when I first, like, started trying to figure this stuff out. Because I came out, this is, this is a long time ago, but I came out of a, a long period of depression. It was about two years, and it was very, very miserable, <laughs> and needless to say. And one of the things that I realized, like, I'm really terrified that I'm going to fall into this again, that I don't have any control over it. Because it, as far as I was concerned, and this is what the psychiatrists have told me, is like, you know, your brain's just unbalanced. It's like, that's just the chemicals that you have bipolar disorder. They're going to shift. You can't do anything about it except take medication, which I'm not willing to do because I saw what medication had done to... Um, people in my life, and I was just, I'm not willing to go down that road. It's a personal decision. And I was just terrified, like, well, I don't have any control over this. I just have to hope for the best. I have to hope that it doesn't happen to me. And that's not a good strategy. It's just, it's, it's not, because I can assure you that things will get bad again. If, if nothing else, I can assure you that things will get bad again. Now, by the same train of thought, things will also get good again, because it's a, it's a cycle. But um, it's important to have the structure the foundation laid down. Obviously, it's important to have ways to deal with issues that arise in that. Number three is going to be your brain health, and I could say physical health. I wanted to specifically say brain health, though, because I want to reiterate, it's like, I've been talking a lot about physical fitness lately, and maybe this is a good time, because this is a time of year when people are, like, getting their gym memberships renewed and are actually setting, you know, physical plans, so maybe this will help reinforce that. But if nothing else, think of this. Your your mental health, like your, your thoughts, your emotions, the thing that processes all of that stuff is your physical brain, okay? And it's, it's, it's a living organism. It's also kind of a machine. And it's like, like however you want to think about it. But if it's not working correctly, and it's the thing that is processing all of your emotions and all of your thoughts, you're not going to think optimally. And you're not going to feel the way you want to because your brain physically is not working right. And it goes much deeper than that. Your brain and like, your body does have an impact on um, a lot of stuff, too. And, I mean, that that's really is beyond the scope of this episode. And I'm, I'm not really 
I have an understanding of how the, the, the body interacts with itself, but probably not, a, not enough to teach it. Um, although I could, I could do some research and focus on some specific points in the future if that's something you guys are interested in. Um, but brain health is very important and like not understanding how to take care of that organ is, is, is very short-sighted. It's like, oh, I don't understand why I feel so bad. And it's like, well, let me point out these 300 things that you're doing that are proven to be horrible for your brain. And it's like, it's not any wonder. You know, like maybe something else is going on. It's like, well, I'm chemically imbalanced and it's just the way I am. Perhaps, but w what's causing that imbalance? Like, is it something that you're just genetically screwed with? Or is it something that is, is, it, is impacted by the environment that you create for yourself, right? Um, and then again, we can't go into epigenetics. But we could mention too that like, even if you are genetically predisposed to something, that gene doesn't have to express itself in that way necessarily because your environment plays a huge role on it so understanding that you do have a lot of power over over your life you have a tremendous amount of power over your life that's going to be very important because i think the worst thing about depression is that you feel very hopeless you feel like you cannot change this ever nothing will like you've always been depressed you always will be depressed and you are depressed <laughs> and it's like it just it tricks you your brain tricks you into thinking that things will never change and that's why people unfortunately you know make the decision to to opt out of life in the in the grand sense is because it's it's not just that it sucks right now it's because they don't believe that it will ever get any better right and it's at, at that point it's like if you really don't think it's going to get better and you're truly miserable then like and you, you you can't even experience joy then like is that a surprise and so the thing is though that there, there's a lot that goes into that and we're going to talk about it and kind of how to get through that stuff and then the last one we're not going to spend too much time on it just because it's, it's kind of like it's a little bit um it, it's I'm, it's I'm just going to kind of put it out there it's, it's your your spirituality and the reason that i'm like I, I have to put it in there, um, and I mean, people get weird if I talk if I try to talk about something scientific and then I turn around and talk about like your spirituality. People get kind of weird about it, and of course, there's a lot of people that follow this show that are very spiritual people that want to hear that, and so it's a weird thing. It's like I'm going to put it in there. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit, but I've just I've observed from myself and from other people just over and over and over again. When you forget that you're more than a body, when you forget that you're like an actual consciousness underneath all the stuff, right? Like it's not, you are not depressed. You, your body has a habit of being stuck in a depressed way of thinking and feeling. But it's like your awareness underneath that is not that, right? Like if, you were, if your chemical balance were to just change instantaneously for whatever reason, you're not depressed anymore for in that moment. Now you might, it's a habit, so it comes back. So for example, like the, I think, you know, like the cold shower thing is a, is a huge craze right now. Um, I did cold showers for several years, and I, they're fine. I don't have anything against them. They do help. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like it, I, don't, I don't do them anymore, although I did do them for several years. What I do enjoy doing is cold plunges, like actually go out somewhere like, it's like a frozen lake or somewhere that's just legitimately cold out in nature, and you jump in. It's very painful and it's very shocking. And you can't be depressed in that moment because your body's just in survival mode, right? And like you shift out of that depression. That's one of the reasons that people do it um, because it, it, it forces you out of that sense of like where, where you're stuck, right? Um, I would argue that going to the gym and working out can do the same thing. Um, although I understand that it's sometimes part of depression is that it's hard to get up and go to the gym. So I get that. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff. 
So let's go ahead, let's start, let me get some water, but let's go ahead and start with the first one, which is the structure that you have for your life. So the structure, <clears throat> excuse me, the structure is gonna look like a lot of things. And so let me say, let me, this has been in my mind a lot lately, um, but I also, there's a lot of different directions that I want to go at, at once with it. So give me a second to compose myself. I'm, I'm going to be kind of working this out in my brain <laughs> out loud as I'm talking about it. Um, when you, when you are depressed, it, it, it feels like this is just the way it is. But if you look at it logically, if you approach mental health issues, and it doesn't have to just be depression, by the way, I keep saying depression. I, I guess I should shift out of that. Um, any, any kind of mental health issues, any, any kind of like struggle that you're having, right. Um, in, in your own brain, <clears throat> it, it's easy to think that this is just the way that I am, or this is just the way that the world is. But the reality is that there's a reason for it. And if it's a persistent thing it's it's not necessarily something that you're stuck with, but it's, it may just be a habit that you are stuck in. Right. And it can be hard to figure out what the cause is, but if you can figure out what the cause is, you can change it. And we live in a world of cause and effect. So if you change the cause, guess what? You change the effect. So you, you get it, you, you put a different, um, you take different actions, you get a different outcome. And there's so many different things that it could be, and it could be so many different combinations of things too. So what you have to figure out is, look, there's a lot out there that I don't know. There's a ton out there that, um, there's a ton of self-discovery to do. So like this, this journey of figuring, like just fixing my own issues is taking me from, you know, mindset to like the, the physical health to understanding, you know, a little bit about the, you know, your, your, your hormones and your, your chemical balance or whatever, um, which took me into the way that we eat and just realizing that like, well, the chemicals and foods have a very profound impact on our, on our brain. And so it's like the diet that you eat has a very big impact on how you feel. Your lifestyle has a very big impact on how you feel. The, the, the thoughts that you choose to think have a huge impact on things. And obviously we get stuck in certain patterns of thinking and they just seem natural to us. And it just seems like this is just how it is. And it seems like if you were to change all of that right now, it's like, well, that's not who I am. And it's, you're right. It's not who you are, but you could be that person, right? Because the, the, Again, you're a, you're a soul, you're a, you're a consciousness within a body. And so what has been built up over time, over your entire life, the things that you have learned, the, the behaviors that you have, um, have de developed as patterns, all of that stuff is like, it's changeable, right? To some extent. Um, and there's certain biological things that, that influence you a certain way. So your brain is physically built a certain way. It's structured a certain way. So you're going to have certain tendencies, your certain... Um, certain issues that go along with that, you know, but ultimately a lot of your personality, like, yes, it is built upon a physical brain that is structured a certain way, but a lot of it is retrainable, re right? Um, and I, I, I'm not a believer in the idea that we are just completely blank slates and, and rewritable. I think that that's absolutely absurd. And that that belief is leading to the really serious issues that we see in life. Um, and I would even argue that uh, one of the reasons that we are a generation that is so heavily um, medicated and just so heavily, like just seems so helpless against mental health issues um, as we've never seen before in history. I, I would argue that a lot of that comes from um, 
an over-adherence to the social learning theory. And we'll talk about that later. Maybe not this episode, but I'm going to try to if we have time. Because um, it definitely ties in. But so let's start with the structure. Let's, let's actually get somewhere with these four things. So the structure in life, and the reason I was saying that is like, look, if you figure out what it is that's holding you back and you change it, like you're, go you're good, right? Well, it's usually not just one thing, okay? It's usually a bunch of different things. And, you, and you, as you start on the journey of fixing yourself, you don't really know which one of those it is, okay? So you have to just do the best that you can and figure out what are, what are the best structures that I can create for my life, right? So if I don't have... A solid network of people that supports me and that I like being around. Um, and if I don't have that and I'm lonely because of it and I don't have the social support and like the feedback that I need as a person because we are fundamentally very social creatures, even people like me that are kind of antisocial a little bit, I still need people. I still need to be around people or I start going crazy, right? I still get very lonely. And even if I'm in a, a phase where I'm just like, I'd rather be alone, if I spend too much time alone, I get really weird because, because there's nobody around to tell me that I'm being weird. Stop doing that. Or like that thought that you came up with is absolutely ridiculous because you've just been thinking, you've been spinning your wheels out for weeks on end and nobody has like corrected you. Nobody has offered you any resistance. You've just been allowed to just spiral out. Okay. And I think that we do that with a lot of things. So it's like, that's one part of a structure, right? Is that community, that, that social network. If you don't have that, and you were to get it, would that not make an, an, uh, an improvement in your life, right? Like no matter how depressed you are, if you feel connected to other people and supported, you feel that you're not alone anymore. Like, I think you can logically understand that like, that is going to help you, okay? And <clears throat> um, there, there's a bunch of different structures in your life. So it, it, it could be that the habits that you have. So for example, um, you know, if you exercise, if you have a good job, you look at like all the different categories in your life and like you pick all the main ones. I think I talked about this last episode. You pick all the, the main categories in your life and you say, okay, these are not functioning very well. They're all, they're all like 10%. Like I hate my job. I don't have good health or I barely work out. I don't have good friends. You know, maybe I have like one or two, but we don't really hang out or we just play video games, smoke weed and eat junk food. And it's like, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and it's like, you start looking at all this different stuff. Like I don't have a relationship or it's terrible. You know, it's like, it could make me, you know, like a, a relationship is not going to make your entire life perfect. But if you have a relationship that is functioning optimally, if you're at a hundred percent of like just peak happiness within that area, well, that's a pretty big area of your life that you have figured out. The same thing with your friends, the same thing with your health, the same thing with your job, the same thing with your, you know, you know your faith, the same thing with your hobbies, the same thing with your, you know, life philosophy. If you got all these things, it's like, no one of those things is everything, but if they're at a hundred percent and they're, they're solid, you don't have to worry about it. It's going to build the rest of the, your, your life up. It helps support you a little bit, right? Like that's, those are different um, legs of the stool that are holding you up. And the, the stronger those are and the, the, the more firm they are, the better off you're going to be. Now, one particular area is probably not going to sustain you if all of them collapse, right? And none of them are ever going to be 100%, right? The idea of balance is kind of misunderstood. It doesn't mean that everything is exactly equal, but it means that everything is perfect in its own way. Everything is, is, is there in its own correct amount. Um, so like, for example, just to like, to, to kind of illustrate, if you look at like the yin yang symbol, like the, the little sun, with the, you know, the white and the black on, on each side, and then there's a dot of the white and the black, there's a dot of the black and the white. If you look at that, 
that's like a good example of um, of balance. Okay, so like for example, when uh, I think Carl Jung was is very misunderstood when he talks about like integrating the masculine and the feminine together. So like if you're a man, you should have you should you should integrate your feminine qualities, and if you're a woman, you should integrate your masculine qualities. And people seem to have taken that, especially in this age of like fluidity and lack of structure and lack of foundation and um, do what feels right, people have taken that to mean, oh, you need to be evenly balanced between male and female. And again, with the social learning theory, people think that you're fundamentally rewritable. It's like, oh, well, I can be whatever I want. I can decide whatever I want to be. And if I decide that I want to be, you know, energetically androgynous and like I don't have any particular proclivities to anything, it's like, oh, well, that's better because I'm not confined by anything. Well, the reality is that you don't have any structure anymore. You don't have any, any sense of identity anymore. It's all potential. You've, you've traded something for, for nothing. And the, the nothing is, is the ability to become anything, right? But as long as you can be anything, you are nothing. It's the trade-off of potential for, for actuality. It's the trade-off of, I could be a stand-up comedian, but if I, I, if I put the work into that, like that means that I have less time to work on music. Or I could be a scientist, I could be like a physicist or something and, and work in technology and like make new things. But to do that requires a lot of effort and energy. So if I'm going to, so if like I have a, an equal bend towards that and say, I don't know, history, like historical research, or I also want to be an archeologist, just for the sake of example, it's like, well, I can't do both. I have the potential to be both, but the reason I have the potential to be both is because I'm neither, because I'm nothing right now. And as you, as like a baby has potential, right? But by the time you're, when you're in your early twenties, you have a little bit less potential, right? But you have a little bit more like foundation, like you have certain things that you could do. And like, they're a little bit more real now because they're somewhat articulated and noticeable and you have some knowledge to back it up. And then you get to your thirties and it's like, well, that's kind of started to crystallize because now you've, you've actually taken steps towards something, which means that you have less time to do everything else. Okay. We're going to get off of that. So balance is not necessarily what you think it is. That being said, let's move on. You have these different components of your life. You have these different, <laughs> you have these different areas. And if you can start to identify which ones are making you unhappy and start fixing them, well, it may not necessarily cure you overnight, but one, it's going to give you something to work on, okay? When you have a goal to pursue, something that you know is achievable, especially if you break it down into small steps, you know that this is a goal that you can achieve. Well, guess what happens? You start to get that, 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 that dopamine. You start to feel good. You start to feel like I'm pursuing something. I'm going after something. People love that. Like, like the, we are all about that chase, Okay, we're all about that feeling of like, I'm about to get something or I'm making progress. It's not even the thing that we accomplish that makes us feel good. It's the, it's the pursuit of it, typically. Um, and that doesn't mean that we don't feel, you know, lots of good things about, um, you know, anything that we accomplish. It just means that like, people tend to enjoy that, 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 that sense of like, I'm getting somewhere more than I've already gotten there, right? That actually tends to feel a little bit empty which is interesting. That's a whole nother topic of debate. But when you start to say, okay, listen, my life sucks and I, I don't have it in order, but I can find all these little areas and I can, I can make goals in them. That is automatically going to make you feel better because any progress that you make at all, you're going to feel good about. You're going to feel rewarded for, and you're going to feel rewarded just for the act of pursuing it to begin with. 
Okay, so that by itself is going to help you tremendously. But two, what you're doing is you're actually really improving the things that are having a negative impact on you, right? And again, like, I don't know what it is. Like, let's, let's just stick with depression, for example. It can be anything, though. But it's like, I don't know why you're depressed. Like, it could be something in your environment. It could be something in your head. It could be something that you did wrong and are consistently doing wrong that's negatively um, impacting you. It could be something outside of your control. I have no idea. The point is that if you say that it's outside of my control and you don't do anything about it, I can promise you you're not going to feel any better. If you fix everything you possibly can and things are still not better, okay, well, then maybe it's time to, to you know, to, to escalate that or maybe it's time to consider something that, that is outside of your control. I don't know. That would be something, obviously, to, to talk to a professional about. But um, it doesn't make any sense to sit there and say, I'm really depressed, I can't do anything about this, when you, you know intuitively that there are things you could do because all you have to do is look at your life and say, well, well, what makes it worse, right? Like, I can't feel good about anything. I can't look around and say like, well, this makes me happy because nothing makes me happy, but what makes it worse, right? And maybe you look around and say, okay, well, I'm very lonely. Okay, that's great. Start figuring out ways to not be lonely. Go find community, go find people, right? Like there's, there's anything that you can do. There's, there's, a, there's countless things that you can do. Maybe you can restart friendships with people that you have fallen out with. Maybe you can just reach out to the people that you already know. Um, I don't think that online communities are a substitute for in-person interactions, but they're better than nothing, okay? They're a start. Maybe you can become a fixture at a coffee shop. I did that last year, and I actually very much enjoyed it because I met, I met a lot of people. Um, you know, I was just going there to, to, to work and I spent a lot of time in there. So uh, over and I'm, I'm not very outgoing, so I didn't even talk to people that much. But eventually you start to get to know people. I've been going to this gym down the road for uh, about a year now. And it's like I didn't go there with the intention of meeting people, but I'm there five, six days a week. I, I know people <laughs> like I know people by name. Like I talk to people. I see them. I recognize them. It's like we've had conversations. It's just It happens organically like it's going to happen. So put yourself around situations where you can meet people you know and if you're like you can't think of anything go to church go sit in church people will talk to you people like you go there for free and you can sit there and say i'm actually just like insanely lonely and i just want to be around people okay great they'll take you all right go like go go um you know be a regular at, at some at like a store or something like you get to know the cashiers a little bit like you don't have to be weird about how you approach them but you know it's like it, it helps if nothing else and by doing that, by exploring your community and trying to build one, you'll make actual friends along the way. Um, maybe something else you look at and you say, it's like, well, you know, I just feel tired all the time. I feel sluggish all the time. Okay, well, what are some things that you can do to change that? Can I sleep better? Can I, can I start exercising? Can I start eating healthy? Can I drink more water? You know, um, maybe I can get my hormones tested. Maybe there's actually something physically off about me. It's like, if you go in and you get your hormones tested and your testosterone is just through the floor, it's like, yeah, you're not going to feel like a real person. You're not going to feel right. You're, you're, you're those like that, that balance of, of chemicals in your body is really important. Right. And so like, if you're seriously struggling with something and you don't have your blood tested to see if like maybe the internal mechanisms of my body aren't functioning right. Well, then you haven't really done your due diligence. Okay. And not everybody, I don't want to go to the, to the doctor. Nobody wants to get blood drawn. Um, nobody wants to deal with that. But if like you've tried everything else and it's not working, try it. Like there's no reason not to. Maybe it structures in terms of just your philosophy. Okay. And that's a really important one because people are not really taught to think of, to think about the world and to, to, to make opinions about the world. They're taught to just kind of observe and passively learn. Um, you know, maybe by imitation or just, just, just by watching. But 
we're, we're kind of just taught that way. We grow up that way. We're not told, hey, come tell me what you think about this. Sit down and actually describe to me what happened, why you think it happened, and try to consider it from different viewpoints, try to consider it from different angles, and, and try to figure out like the true meaning of this, okay? What can we do better? How could it have been worse? How do we, how do we succeed? How do we fail? Like people just aren't taught to think that way for the most part. And so if you don't have some sort of guiding philosophy, right, if you haven't taken the time to figure out like, what do I really believe about the world? Because if you're depressed, for example, you're anxious, you probably think that the world is not a good place, okay? And it's like, there's lots of bad things in the world. However, it's not really a fair assessment to say that the world is a terrible place because there's also a lot of really good stuff. So it's a little bit more accurate to say that it's a complicated place, say that it's a confusing place, say that it, or place, or it's, you can say that it is, it is a difficult place, tumultuous, but it doesn't mean that it's just like inherently terrible and inherently bad. And if you only look for the bad, you only look for the negative, guess what, you're gonna see it. Um, and that if, you're, if your whole mindset, the way you think of things is to always find the worst case scenario, to always focus on like, well, this could happen. I was thinking about this this morning because I caught myself um, having an argument with my ex in my head. And I was like, and there is zero point for this. There's absolutely no point. I'm not going to solve anything. You know, it's like I'm making up like the worst case scenario, like what would upset me the most? And I just caught myself like I did it unconsciously. And I realized I had done it and I was upset because like we're having like this, you know, she did this terrible thing. And I'm like, I'm all mad at her about it. It's like, this is stupid. <laughs> and I made myself stop thinking about it because it's dumb. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense to torture myself like that, right? And, you know, by the way, a good way to, to, to snap yourself out of those really negative trains of thought is to laugh, is to laugh at yourself, to just be like, I'm ridiculous. Like to really just like, like not take yourself too seriously, just be lighthearted and be like, I'm, I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> like that was kind of a silly thing. Like I'm sitting here torturing myself. It doesn't make any sense at all, right? Um, but yeah, so the structures, because look, if you get, and I've, I, I talked about this a little bit um, already, but like if you get these different components and they're all at like 10% optimal capacity, so like you really hate your job and like the only redeeming thing is that there's a little bit of money and it's not much money. It's like, well, that's a huge chunk of your day. That's probably eight hours a day, right? That sucks and it's miserable. It's like, well, what difference would it make if you actually had a job that you liked? or just learn to like the job that you're in even, you know? And I think that you should do both. I think that you should learn to appreciate where you are while working towards something better. You know, I don't think that you should just throw it away like, oh, there's problems, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Um, and I'm gonna blame the fact that I feel bad on the job. You know, like all, all these people upset me, they, they irritate me, they're, they're difficult to work with. Well, I'm gonna go somewhere else. And you see the same problem over and over and over again. My boss is an asshole, my, my coworkers are dumb and whatever. It's like, well, that's not necessarily them like people are like that everywhere okay so I'm not, i don't believe in just just abandoning something just because it's, it's hard and miserable but that doesn't mean that you don't work towards something better but if you get the job figured out you get your career figured out like not even forever just for like where you want to go like what goals do you have right now that are fulfilling and exciting to you that's it because I promise as you work towards those goals, you're going to change and so that your goals are gonna change. So it's okay if you never get there, but it's like, you have to figure out at least, if nothing else, um, like what, what makes the most sense right now? What is something I can aim at that will make me feel better? Because that will make you feel a lot better. So you get the job figured out and then you say, okay, well, I wanna build a community. You start, you start getting some friends together. Now that's a pretty good part of your life, right? So if you've got the weekends with your friends and you've got 
your job during the week and that's all pretty good and you're you're okay throughout all of that and it adds value to your life instead of making you more miserable so now instead of being like five ten percent of of how good it could be maybe it's a 50 percent, maybe even 30 or 40 percent right but those are huge areas of your life that take up significant amounts of time so that's actually a really big improvement okay and it doesn't even have to be night and day difference it doesn't even have to be that you get a new job maybe it's just that you learn um better ways of of, of you know interacting with your coworkers, for example or you learn a better mindset you learn something to do with that um, or maybe you work and you get promoted, you go to, the, you know, you take on different jobs or responsibilities. I don't know what it is, but like, it doesn't have to be that you suddenly get your dream job before you can be happy. That's not the point. The point is that if you are unhappy and you can identify things in your life that are making you unhappy, you're, you're not, you can't call yourself an intelligent person if you don't work towards fixing them. You can't say that you're smart if you're unhappy, because if you were really smart, you would figure out a way to be happy. Because nobody wants to be miserable. You might think that you do to some extent. You might think that, well, this is better because it's safe and it's comfortable. It's where I'm at now. But you don't actually want to stay that way. And I know you don't. And, and you, you don't either. That's why, um, that's why you're complaining about it. Um, but okay. So let's move on from the structure. I think you guys get the point of that. Like, There's things that you can look at that, that, that have an impact, right? Because like, you can have the best mindset in the world if you're in a super toxic relationship with somebody and they're destroying your life, like you're going to be upset, you're going to be miserable. Okay, so it's like you have that's that's part of a, the structure, you've got to get that that thing fixed, right? Like you've got to get out of that relationship. Um, or you've got to fix the relationship. I don't know. And if somebody's toxic and doesn't want to change, you need to, you need to leave. Um, talking to myself there. But so let's move on to the strategies, because strategies are very important too. So the strategies come down to like, what are the things that I can do in the moment on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, okay, I've got, I've got the idea that like, I want to be better. I don't want to be depressed. And I kind of understand how to take care of myself. But then I have these, these awful thoughts, right? Or something bad happens to me. And it throws me off because it just completely shatters everything. And it just throws me back down to square, square one, or ground zero, whatever. So those are the strategies. And I, I talk about them a lot. Um, let me get some water. But... Strategies, there, there's, there's so many strategies. There's so many out there. Um, there's a lot on this show. There's a lot, just if you Google ways of coping. Um, <clears throat> if you're totally lost and don't even know where to start, I would recommend um, reading some of the Stoic philosophers, especially Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. You don't even have to read the whole book. Just look up some quotes from it. Just Google um, Stoic philosopher quotes. Um, there's, they're, they're all there. I mean, the whole book is in quote form. And... And basically, it's like it's just really practical advice for dealing with issues. It's just very realistic, um, hard truths. And at the end of the day, he, he basically decides, okay, like, it, it sucks, but the way I respond to it is up to me. Like, I have the power to decide what this means to me. So something negative happens, I, can de I decide if this is a negative thing or if this is teaching me something, right? And it's like, it may not immediately resonate with you as being a lesson. And it's like, oh, this is great. I'm happy for this. But it gives you something to hold, to put your sights on, right? It gives you something to hold on to and say, okay, I may not feel this right now because I'm in such a bad place. But I understand that if I train myself to think this way, that I won't feel this way anymore, right? And it's one of those things that are like, People resist it for some reason. I don't really know why, but people are resistant to um, to stuff like that. 
And I think it's because it challenges their own worldview. But the thing is that like, if I look around at the world and I see the highest rates of depression and anxiety and mental health disorders in general, see the highest rates of, of other things that I don't even think I can say on here. And it's like, I don't want to adopt your philosophy. If, if that's the common consensus that this is how the world is, I don't want to think like you. So, you know, you look in, in politics and you see, well, this is how people should be. This is how people should behave. This is, this is the way that we should treat each other. And it's like you look at those people and they have the highest, um, the highest ratio of like, like misery in their lives. Like they're just miserable people. You know, even if they have something that they care about and their life is in shambles, but they're, they're unhappy fundamentally. Like, why would I want to be like you? Why would I, why would I agree with your, your worldview? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'll share some of my favorite strategies. One is just understanding that you are in control of your perception. And so if you, if you, if you have a negative thing that happens to you, you don't need any books to do this. You don't need any advice to do this because you need to exercise your brain. You need to learn to think differently. Whenever something happens to you, whenever something negative happens or a thought just comes to you and it upsets you, one, you need to learn to pay attention. If you are not paying attention to the thoughts in your head, you are screwed. Okay. If you're not paying attention to the way your body suddenly makes like these, these, these changes, like you feel, you just feel different in different environments. Um, you're, you're kind of screwed. And I'll give you a good example of that. I was had really bad stomach issues for a long time. And I was like, what is going on? And I finally got serious about it. It's like, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with my stomach and I'm going to start. And, and that kind of led me into just paying attention to my thoughts. And one day I was watching my thoughts and I noticed I had an anxious thought. And immediately after that, my stomach started to hurt. I thought, that's interesting. And 15, 20 seconds later, another thought comes up. Stomach hurts again. And what I realized is like the stress from these thoughts was so profound on my body because it was, it was I was having a physical reaction to the things in my head. It was disrupting my, my digestive system. And it was very painful. And it was like, that didn't happen overnight. That took time for it to get to that point, obviously. It took years of me not watching those anxious thoughts. And I thought, that was, that's incredible. That's incredible that I'm in so much physical pain over something that's going on in my head, right? And I got very serious after that about making sure that I not only paid attention to what I'm thinking, but also what I'm feeling. Because there's a reason you're feeling the things that you are. And, if you, and, and a lot of times it comes up and it's very ambiguous. It's like, it's kind of random. It's like, I get hit with this wave of depression or sadness or anxiety or whatever. It's like, why? Like, what's behind it? Where, where is it coming from? Because it's not random. It's bubbling up from somewhere in the unconscious. Let's figure this out so that we can solve it and not feel this way anymore. Because I look at it as problems. It's, it's a problem that you can solve because everything is cause and effect. I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm whatever. Why? I don't want to feel this way, so if I change the why, if I change the thing that's causing it, then I will change how I feel and I won't have to feel that way anymore. Very simple, right? So if you learn to observe things very closely and you learn also to challenge thoughts. You don't have to believe the thoughts that come in your head. So look at it from different angles. You know, so somebody breaks up with you. Easy example. I think a lot of people deal with breakups, especially this time of year. And I think that breakups, honestly, are a huge part of mental health issues, especially with men. Um, but you, you have, okay, it's kind of cliche to say this, but like, what is it teaching you? And it's like, it doesn't feel good to realize that you're learning something in the moment. It doesn't actually make the, the, the breakup easier right then and there. You still have to go through the negative emotions. You still have to go through the process. But if a year later, you're still obsessed over it, at that point, it's you. At that point, it's on you because you've had plenty of time to process it and you just haven't done it yet. So at that point, you have to be really hard on yourself and say, okay, 
what what do I get out of this? What is the benefit to this? Okay, and you start challenging yourself to think about all of the ways that this is good for you. And it could be anything, right? And it's like, when you're dealing with actual grief, like, you know, you lose somebody close to you, it's a very challenging thing. And I don't think that it's appropriate for people to just go, oh, well, this is teaching you something. I think that that's very insensitive. But, and I think it's kind of ridiculous because nobody's in the emotional state to receive that, okay? But it doesn't matter what you are going through. You can still find something to be grateful for. You can still find something to be appreciative of. I said that so badly. Appreciative. I'm, I'm done. I give up. I can't say that word, apparently. Um, there's things that you can appreciate in life. Um, and so if you, it, and it doesn't mean that the bad stuff isn't there anymore, but if you choose to focus on the bad stuff, you're not going to have the attention span to see any of the good things, right? So it's about consciously making that shift from the negative to the positive. Yeah, the negative's still there. No one's denying that. But you only have so much um, space in your head for, for attention. So if you shift it intentionally to something that is positive, it's going to crowd out the negative stuff. It doesn't mean that it just makes it go away, but it means that you give it a lot less energy and attention. And what you feed is what's going to grow. So if you feed the negative stuff, it's going to get you know, large and out of proportion. If you feed the positive stuff, that's what's going to grow. Um, and so you can, you can cultivate that. You can, you can find more and more good things in your life. And it's not about just tricking yourself into thinking this way. It's about actually becoming grateful for what you have because there, there's always something that you can, you can be grateful for. Um, and I think that's one of the most powerful things. If you're struggling with that, if you're struggling to shift out of those negative mindsets, which most people do, and this is like, most people hear that and they, they agree with it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then they go to try to do it and practice it and it doesn't work. One of the big things is because there's a lot of emotional charge behind that negative stuff. Because your body doesn't know that the thing is not real. The th there, your body is reacting as if there is a physical threat, okay? And may maybe there is, I don't know. But if it's something that's just in your head, like it's making you anxious, it's making you depressed, you think these thoughts and you feel a certain way, it's like your body is preparing you for something like really bad to happen or it's telling you that something bad is happening. So you have to shift it out of that. Um, because, because when it does that, you're, it, it releases certain chemicals that make you feel, um, that make you feel negative. It makes you feel bad. And then that affects the way that you think. Well, you can change the way you feel though, um, by just changing your body language. And that's the easiest way that I have ever found to shift out of a negative mindset is by changing the way that you express yourself with your body. Because unconsciously, when your body responds to, the, to those threats, it changes the way that it expresses itself. So if you're very, if you feel good one minute and then you start getting depressed, you start feeling anxious or whatever, your body language changes. You hunch over, you start moving slower, you start looking down, um, stuff like that. You start becoming defensive. Well, the thing is that if you reverse that, and I've talked about this a lot because it's my, is it, it's the easiest way to fix this, is you just change the way that you express yourself. You act physically as if you are happy and confident. You make yourself laugh. And again, if you can't find anything to laugh at, laugh at yourself. Um, you, you stand up straight, you have you correct your posture, you, sp you spread your arms out, you take up more space, you move around, um, you smile, you, you keep your head up. And it's like, you do that, you stand in like powerful positions for a few minutes, it changes the, the, the chemical composition in your body. And I talked about the study at Harvard where they, they measured it. it, it drops your cortisol and it raises your testosterone, um, which is very good for feeling more confident, feeling um, more social, feeling more powerful, feeling like you can actually go and do things. And this is a natural thing. And it's something as simple as just shifting the way that you express yourself with your body. Um, 
And I know I, I talk, I've talked about it a lot. I just wanted to mention it again because I know I have a lot of new listeners who may not have heard that yet. Um, but the reason that I love that tool is that you can do it anywhere. No matter how upset you are, no matter where you're at, you can stand up straight. And if you understand that doing that <laughs> is going to make you feel just a little bit better, it's not going to fix your depression. However, it gives you a window of opportunity in which you feel less bad. It takes away some of that emotional charge. And once, that's, once that space is there, then you, it's, it's much easier for you to make the conscious decision to change how you are thinking. If you feel very negative, if you feel like you're stuck in that hole and you try to force yourself to think something positive, it's really hard. If you change your physical state of emotional experience, you shift that into something that's a little bit more positive or at least neutral, well, now your body's not fighting against your brain anymore. Now you can, you're not, you're not working against your, your biology. Now it's like you can actually change the, the thoughts that you have. You have to actually decide to think something different though. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And I think that's something weird that people don't talk about. It's uncomfortable to be happy when you're used to being depressed. It's uncomfortable to be at peace when you're used to being anxious. It feels wrong, but it just feels wrong because you have a habit of being something else. Okay. You're not stuck with it though, unless you decide to be. So those are the... Uh, and, and I mean, there's, there's strategies in general. I think that philosophy is a big part of this because the way you choose to look at things is going to fundamentally shape how you experience the world in general. So if you have, if you don't study like positive ways of dealing with negative situations um, from people who are more experienced and, 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 are, and are smart, you, ha you have to figure it out for yourself, right? And there's nothing wrong with figuring it out for yourself, but there's just so many resources. Again, meditation is a great book. Um, and when one of the fundamental shifts that I made, it's like, look, everything that happens, I can get something out of this. Okay. Maybe it, it truly is a negative experience, but I can't do anything to change the things that happen to me. Um, most of the time I can only change how I respond to them. So if that's the only power I have, I am going to exercise it. I'm going to use that. And if I can shift my perspective by saying, okay, um, you know, I lost this job. However, now I get to learn self-reliance. Doesn't mean that I'm happy I lost the job. Doesn't mean that I feel good about losing the job. But it means that like I'm focusing on self-reliance. I have a goal now. I'm becoming somebody who I'm excited to become because this this person I'm becoming, it, they they trust themselves. They're they're a strong individual who can get through difficult times. That's powerful. That's meaningful. That's something that I could set my sights on and move towards, which automatically makes me feel better because I can start to get that 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 sense of like the the dopamine pushing me forward. Um, I'm pursuing something, I'm seeking something out, and I, I feel better. And I get those small wins, and I can look back on my day and say, okay, look, you know, today sucked, I didn't make any money, but I tried X number of new things. And I should feel proud about that because I never would have done that before. Like, this is new for me. This is something that, that I have just developed because I had to. And it's like, wow, look at that. That proves that I can grow. That proves that I can change. It proves that I can adapt. It proves that I have the capability to survive. Because I haven't figured it out yet, but I had no idea that I would figure out the stuff that I tried today. It's like, okay, that didn't work, but I, 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 I just don't understand my potential. I don't know what I could become if I stay in this long enough. And the challenge is where people are, are actually built, right? Like the, you, you don't really grow when things are easy. You may be able to reflect and internalize things when it's, when it's easy, but you don't really grow unless you're being challenged. You have to have something to push against you. 
And again, it's not comforting when you're actually really depressed and like struggling to just get out of bed in the morning to say, oh, well, this is going to be a good moment for you. Like, <laughs> You don't feel it. And I understand that. And that's why I'm not trying to push it. I'm trying to give you guys practical strategies and say, listen, you don't have to feel good to do the actions. You don't have to feel like this is working in order to get up out of bed and clean your room, work out for 20 minutes, go for a walk for 20 minutes even. It's like you can take the baby steps without feeling good about it. Like it's not about like, because you look at things and you're going to say, well, it's not going to make a difference. Okay, well, if it's not going to make a difference, you might as well do them anyway. Okay, do you want to stay stuck or do you want to try something new? Do you want to give yourself options, right? And so, again, it doesn't matter how good the structures are in your life. Things are going to happen to you. And so you need to have some emotional stability. You need to have a solid foundation from which you can um, view the world properly um, so that those things are not totally disruptive to your life. So, like, for example, if you go through a breakup, um, it shouldn't completely wreck your life. I mean, in, in some cases, like if you're, if you're married for 30 years and you have a breakup, it probably is going to. But, you know, if you have you you lose the, re, the relationship aspect um, and then you're in a bad emotional place. If you still have a good job that you like, you have friends that you genuinely you genuinely enjoy their company and they're supportive of you and they're going to help you through this. You have a community. You have your um, you're physically healthy. Right. You're financially sound. You're not super worried about money. It's like, yeah, that still sucks and it's really difficult. But if you have a solid structure across all elements of your life, it's much less destructive to your to, to your state of being than it is if like all of those are at 10 percent and now one of them's um, and uh, uh, negative 100 percent. You know, it's as bad as it could be. So it's like it's less destructive for you. Right. And then. That's, I think that that's like a really underrated first step because people talk about, well, how do I deal with problems? How do I deal with things as they arise? And it's like, you need to be able to manage those thoughts and those things as they come up, yes. But if you haven't taken the time to do the work and lay the, lay the foundation beforehand, you're fighting uphill. So it's, it's really important not to skip over that stuff. And if like, you know, it, it takes time. It takes going through life, and you're gonna you're gonna reorganize those structures periodically. At least you should, um, and and that, and that's fine. But the the more healthy they are in general, the better off you are. So let's move on to brain health super fast. Um, so we're running out of time. I've talked about this to death, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. But it is one of the things. Like, look, if you're just looking for a couple of quick practical things, build a structure for your life. Figure out ways, new ways of thinking about the negative things in your life. Figure out how to take care of your brain. And there's so much information out there on, on there. I'll give you just off the top of my head just a couple quick things. Um, sleep is going to be incredibly important. Sleep is one of the most underrated elements of maintaining one's health um, in our society, as far as I can tell. It's very important that you get enough sleep and that it's good sleep. And there's a lot that goes into it, um, and I'll let you do your own research on that. Because um, there's just so many tricks to it. There's so many things that you can do to improve. Some of the things that I found particularly helpful um, is using a sleep mask, because the um, the ambient light in the room in the room um, does affect your um, your sleep cycle. So if if there's light in the room, then you're not going to sleep as deeply as you would if it was total blackness. Um, I'm going to start doing mouth taping. I'm going to see how that works. And then um, not eating a couple hours before you go to bed. I think three hours is is, is the magic number, if I'm not mistaken. Use a blue light blocker towards the evening, um, just so that the the 
the light from the screens that we use is not interfering with our um, circadian rhythms as much. Um, magnesium right before bed tends to help me sleep better too. Not having any alcohol or other substances in your bloodstream when you're trying to sleep, although I'm probably guilty of that one. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff with that. Sleep's very important. Your diet's very important. You don't have to do it all at once. You can take this in baby steps. If you can start by, like if you, it, the, way I, the, the way I started, because I really, really honestly struggled with my diet for my whole life. The way that I did it, that worked very well for me. And there's many ways to do this. I'm just gonna share this because it worked. And I just kind of figured it out for myself. I started off by just taking away the, the, the negative stuff. I didn't so much worry about um, having this this perfect diet, I just said, okay, listen, let's not eat as much candy tonight, <laughs> okay? Or it's like, I'm going to make a healthy meal, and then after I eat the healthy meal, if I eat junk food, and it's like, I, I, I just can't help it, then it's like, okay, well, at least I got the healthy stuff in there, right? Once you have a habit of eating healthy, or you have a habit of eating less unhealthy, you're going to naturally just fill those gaps that you create. So if you, if you have a really healthy meal, and then you also eat dessert, and you eat a bunch of snacks in the evening, well, over time, you're going to start to feel better because at least you're getting the nutrients you need. And as you get to feel better and, and as you as you exercise and you become more in tune with your body, because you start you start to notice that the things that you do to it influence how you feel. You start to, to get, a, get a sense for how it how it works. You're going to start to notice when you eat something that makes you feel bad. And it's like, that's not actually worth it. Right. Like I don't eat a candy anymore because it's like. I crave it and I enjoy it in the moment. And then it's like immediately afterwards, I feel sick. I'm just like, this is not worth it to me. Um, and by the way, fun fact on that, I was I was trying to figure out how to work this into an episode yesterday. Um, I was actually thinking about making a whole episode on this, but I'm not, I would have to do more research to be able to present all the science to you. But basically, you have a certain balance of, of um, bacteria in your gut, right? Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And that's overly simplified. But just understand that like some of it's good for you, some of it's not. What you eat affects that balance, okay? And what's interesting is that if you have whatever, whatever the dominant, um, I guess, group of bacteria is, it's going to influence the, the things that you eat because it makes you crave certain things. So there's a lot of bad bacteria in like sugar, for example, and, and like fried foods and, um, you know, just junk food in general. That There's bad bacteria that is on it when you eat it and it, it it, cult, it, it nourishes that culture within your body. As, you, as it grows and it overwhelms the, the, the good bacteria, not only is it destructive for your body, what it also does is it influences the, the things that you crave. It changes, it changes what you want to eat. And it makes you crave sugary foods even more. It makes you crave things even more. And that's really wild to me that the bacteria in your gut is changing something in your brain that says, I want this specifically. Just by the... the, the you know, the chemicals it releases or the way it interacts with you um, physically. And so when you stop eating sugar, it's like, yes, you're going to have the cravings for it. But the cool thing is that your cravings reduce because those cultures of bacteria in your body reduce. Okay. And then it's replaced with, you know, you're, if you're eating healthy food, it's going to be replaced with the good bacteria that's actually sustaining your life. And it, that bacteria is going to make you crave the healthy food more. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I've been aware of it for a while. I didn't really know how to bring it into an episode. Um, I was going to peel back the layers and say like that applies that's that can be used as a metaphor for a lot of things um and that that's not the best explanation of how it works it's just a general overview that's not my area of expertise i just know that it's a thing um but yeah so that like 
understand if you focus on like stuff like that and understand like if I just take these small steps, I just take these baby steps and do what I can today, maybe I just don't eat that candy. Or maybe I just like I'm going to eat this really healthy meal first, whatever. Do what works for you, but do something. Don't just sit there and just take the path of least resistance. Oh, I crave this, so I'm going to eat it. Oh, I don't feel like doing that, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, I feel like laying in bed, so I'm going to stay here and not work out. It's like you have to develop some discipline. Sorry to break it to you. If you want to improve your life, you have to give it structure. You have to give it discipline. You have to. You have to. There's no way around it. If you're taking the path of least resistance and you're just being kind of buffeted around by the winds and the, the waves and, you know, at some point, you don't have any control. You don't have any power. You don't have any influence because you're not taking control of the one thing that you do have, which is you. Like, you can't expect to control your life if you won't control yourself. I just can't stop eating junk food. Yes, you can. You absolutely can because you control every step of the process. Is it difficult? Yes, absolutely. It's 110% difficult. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, if you, get, if you purchase junk food, you take it home, you unwrap it and you put it in your mouth and you chew it. You have, you have allowed every step of that process to happen. So yes, it's hard, but it still comes down to you. And so it's just a decision like, you know, people like to play the victim and they, they want sympathy and life is just so hard and it's just so miserable. And it's like, well, you've made it miserable. The choices that you have made have compiled upon one another and they are weighing you down. Compounded, not compiled. They are, either way, they're, they're weighing you down. Like if you, if you make bad decisions about your health every single day, you can't be upset when you don't have good mental health either. It's like, oh, I'm really just, I can't feel happiness anymore. It's like, do you have things to be happy about? And like, that's a really tough question for people to answer. And it's really awkward to ask them. <laughs> and people don't like it because they're like, they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to take accountability. And again, things happen to you. I'm not denying that. And it would be, it would be stupid to. Things happen to you for sure, but if you're not taking control of what you can, like that's on you. That is that is for you to blame. So this traumatic incident happened to you, and it's like, yeah, that's that's tough. Are you taking care of yourself though? Are you taking responsibility for your healing? Because nobody's gonna come save you. Nobody's gonna come fix it for you. You've got to figure this out for yourself. And it's it's not a pleasant truth. And people, when I say this, people think that I'm being a jerk. They think that I'm being overly. Um, severe or harsh or cruel or insensitive. I'm not. I'm trying to tell you this is how the world is. I want you to be prepared for it. And I want you to understand that at the end of the day, if you're not willing to fix yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. And you need to understand that because otherwise you're going to sit there waiting for things to get better. And they're not. You have to take control over what you can, which is yourself. The way the thoughts that you think, the perspective that you um, that you adopt, the actions that you, you know, partake in. It's like, you may have no, no good options available. Well, it's like, well, you can still pick the best option. You can still work towards creating more power for yourself. Um, you know, like if you're, in a, if you're stuck in a miserable job and like you don't have any influence there and you hate every aspect of it, well, you can still take responsibility for your work, the way that you treat other people. You can take responsibility for learning and for finding ways to, to leave that job or to make it better. You can find new ways of interacting with people that upset you. Like there's an infinite number of things that you can do in that situation. But if you sit there and just complain like, oh, the system's against me, it sucks. It's like, well, you're gonna be stuck there. The, um, the car dealer, dealership, excuse me, let me get some water. 
the dealership I used to work at. That's how it was. And I don't get me wrong, I complained too. But everybody just sat around. They had been there for years and they were still complaining about the same stuff over and over and over again. It's like, yeah, this company's, you know, it's, it's, it screws us over and it doesn't blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but you've been here for five years. Like, you don't get to complain. You could have left by now. I left after a year and a half. And don't get me wrong, I complained, but I also was trying to figure out ways to fix it. I brought solutions to my boss. It didn't get passed through, obviously. Um, I tried to find ways of like changing my viewpoint on those things. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. Um, but I eventually just, I was like, you know what, it's time to leave, and I left. It's like, that's what you have to do. Like, you have to take responsibility for that. And it's like, if this is a broken system and I'm choosing to stay in it, then I don't get to complain about it. And that, that, that applies to everything in your life. And I think that we can stop talking about that. Um, so that's brain health. Spirit, like I said, we're not going to go into it too much. But look, if you avoid working on your spirituality, I'm just going to tell you from experience that it probably is not going to end well for you. Because you can easily build um, an empty structure. And that's, that's what happened to me. I've seen that happen to a lot of other people too. It's like you, you create and design your life but you do it from the, you do it in like a dead way. Like you don't do it from your spirit. You don't do it from, you know, a connection with a higher power. You just, you just create what you think is best. And it's like, it might be something that you're proud of, but it's like, is it actually useful? Is it actually something that is, that is um, going to sustain you? Or is it something that is fundamentally empty? Okay. We are probably running out of time. Couple of quick things. I already mentioned the victim mentality. Um, change that immediately. If you are feeling sorry for yourself, change it. I don't care. Um, maybe something bad did happen to you, but feeling bad about it is not going to, is not going to fix anything. Blaming other people is not going to fix anything. And sometimes people hear that and they get genuinely irritated by it. Like, but it is somebody else's fault. Okay. Yes, maybe it is. But how are you choosing to interpret that? You're letting that person's actions and thoughts destroy you. Is that what you want? No, I want to be happy. Okay, then find a way to be happy. Find a way to fix it. Find a way to change it. It's like, yeah, you can't change the past. Like maybe you're, you have to deal with stuff that actually happened to you and you have to like, there's some trauma involved. And you have to process it. It's like, okay, it's not fair that it happened to you, perhaps. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it's like, let's say that it really isn't fair. Something happened to you as like a kid or something like that. You didn't have any control over it. Let's say that it happened to you. It's like, okay, the harsh truth, again, is that you have to fix yourself. You have to find a way to heal. Because, like, you know, the, the perfect, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend coming in is not going to do it for you, right? They may be able to help you. They may be, may be able to point you in the right direction or alleviate some of the existential dread that you have. But they can't fix you, okay? Um, maybe there's people in your life that care about you, but they can't fix it for you. You have to take responsibility for that. And, again, this is like... I always feel like being the bad guy when I, when I do this, when I, when I tell people stuff like this, like, and again, like I get a, I get a lot of hate for it. Like you're so insensitive. I'm not, I'm actually, I'm actually extremely sensitive. I actually feel things very deeply. I'm very empathetic. And when people hurt around me, it physically affects me. Like I feel very bad for them. Okay. But at the same time, it's not helping anyone to sit there and let them complain about it. It's not helping anybody to, 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 to reinforce the negative, um, behaviors that they have allowed to manifest in, the, in their life around that particular event, okay? It's just not. It's not helping them. And so you've got to be a little bit severe sometimes and sh shake people out of that. 
Um, and of course, people are going to listen if they want to, and if they're not, there's nothing you can do. Um, I want to reiterate that depression in particular can feel, um, it feels hopeless. It feels like nothing's ever going to change. And it's, it's just got to keep in mind that that is the brain lying to you, okay? I've gone through this. A lot of people have gone through this and have, have overcome it. And it's like, I still deal with it. It still comes up and it's still, it's still a struggle. But it's at the same time, fundamentally, like I'm not a depressed person anymore. Okay, so it's like, yes, it's still a battle that comes up. It never really goes away. That's life, okay? But I'm not depressed anymore. So I may have those moments where things get really tough, but that doesn't define my, my life anymore. And it used to. And I, I'm saying that because I want you guys to understand that I used to feel as if it never would. And I, I get it. Like, I'm not, like, I try to be, I try to be um, understand or considerate of that when I talk to people. Because it's like, you can hear all this good advice, and it just is like, it makes sense, but it doesn't resonate with you. I promise you, if you start taking action, it will begin to resonate with you. It doesn't resonate with you right now because that's not who you are. You're not somebody that's taking control of their life. You're not somebody who is in a powerful position because you haven't taken action. Once you start to take action, you shift how you see yourself. You shift how you feel. You sh and you, you change who you are. You start to become somebody else. And then this stuff will resonate with you a lot more. It takes a little bit of faith to start, though. Okay? And that's the tough part. But if you, if you haven't figured it out on your own yet and you haven't tried this stuff... What's the harm? What, what's the worst case scenario? You walk away from it healthier. <laughs> you walk away in better shape. You walk away with more friends and better social life. You walk away slightly less miserable. Oh, no. Might as well try it. Like, there's nothing else to do. Um, and then on top of that, too, just to, to reiterate, like, if you are going through mental health issues, especially this time of year, you're not alone. And it makes you feel like you're alone. But your struggle, sorry to say, it's not unique. It's a human condition. Um, this has been going on for a long time. A lot of people have gone through it too. And that can be a negative thing or it can be a positive thing. Again, it comes down to how you see it. The reality is that you may not meet these people, but you are a part of a tribe of people who have been through this. You're a part of a collective group who has struggled and won. And you owe it to your ancestors who have struggled and suffered for countless generations through the same stuff, worse stuff, different stuff, it's, it's part of the human condition, but we carry on, we keep going, and we do what we can to give a better life to the next generation, right? And you can't do that if you don't fix your own problems. You can't pass on positive qualities to your kids and to, and to, the, to the future of, of society and the human race. You can't do that if you don't fix yourself, if you don't start by correcting the issues that you have in your own life and in your own way of seeing things. And that is the, one of the best things that you can do for the world at large. It's one of the best ways that you can give back is to actually just change your own life for the better. Be a good example for people that they can look to. Be an example for somebody else who's going through that, who, who will go through it in 20 years. And like you've grown past it, you've gotten out of it, you've, you've changed and adapted. And then somebody else is going through it at the same stage in life and you realize, hey, I can help this person, right? Like that's a really powerful thing. So if you uh, just understand that, like you're, you're not alone in this, like people have struggled with it and there's people out there who would be happy to talk to you and connect to you about it. Um, last couple of things and we'll wrap up. There's a lot of lessons in er every area of life. So each of those different structures that you build, each of the little, the things that happen to you, the negative things and the positive things, if you learn to pay attention to them, 
there's a lot of things that you can learn from all of that. And if you fill your brain with the things that are that are positive and distracting, or excuse me, that that, that are um, the things that are that are teaching you something, you fill your brain with that, and you're like, you get addicted to this always looking like, okay, well, what can I get out of this? What can I learn from this situation, right? Like I'm stuck in line at the grocery store and it's like, well, there's something that I, that I can do here, right? Maybe there's a chance to people watch and I can get better at observing other people. Maybe this is, uh, uh, has had several people use this example and say, well, it's a time to practice patience. You know, it's like, well, how do you practice the patience? Well, you bring your awareness to your body and you start to realize that like, oh, I'm really stressed out. How does that feel? Like, I thought I was just stressed out. I was like, oh, I'm anxious. I want to leave. I'm tired of this. I'm impatient. But like, what's happening in my body, right? And you start to bring awareness to like the, the chemical <laughs> effects that are, that, are, that are being caused by stress. And that's really interesting because the more aware of those you become, the better you are able to, um, to, to stop something that's, that's negatively affecting you. Um, okay. And then the last thing, honestly... And this is probably the best piece of, of advice. I probably should have led with this. Maybe I'll go back and edit. Um, the phrase tend your garden is something that I posted on Twitter. Or maybe I said tend your fields. I think it said garden. There's only so much that you can do, okay, at, at any given time. There's just only so much you can do. If you focus on doing the best you can with what you have, though, and you just put your head down and you just forget about everything else, like right now I'm stressed out. I, I was stressing myself out about like future investments. And I'm like, and I finally realized like, look, there's only one thing that I need to worry about with finances right now. And it, and it, and it, it doesn't involve those investments. It involves what's right in front of me. Okay. So it's like when I finally just let go of that, there's so much stress gone. Cause it's like, I need to tend the garden that's right in front of me instead of looking at the fields, you know, across the river, so to speak, maybe this metaphor is getting away from me. But if you just, if you say like every day, there's going to be a certain amount of work to do on this, on this garden or on this field or whatever, I have certain weeds to pull. I have certain crops to water. I have certain things to do. I got to plant the seeds, whatever, whatever phase of, of the gardening that you're in, whatever work there is to be done that day, just focus on that. Cause when you learn to do that, you, 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 you kind of tune out of the rest of the stuff that you can't control anyway. So there's no point in stressing about it. And you bring all of your energy to the present moment and you start to actually really change stuff because you're actually giving your energy and attention to the things that you can change. And when you do this, you'll realize that like, there's a ton of things going on in your life that you're not, that you're not doing anything about, that you could be doing something about. Okay. That's really important because if you stop doing the things that you know, you shouldn't be doing, that's hurting you. That's going to take out a lot of the emotional negativity. That's going to, that's going to take out a lot of the pressure. All right. You focus on just being the best you can at where you are right now, which is all you can do anyway. What happens is you start to slowly, um, you, you become more productive. So like your, your, your garden grows. It, the crops are better. They nourish you better. You're sustained better. You have more safety and comfort because you know that you put a lot of work into what you've done and that it's solid. Okay. And I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned the last three to six months is just tend your garden and it applies to everything, but especially applies when you're talking about struggling with mental health. If you just can't get out of bed and you're, you're listening to me, listening to me talk about, um, starting a workout program and starting, um, dieting or whatever. And it's like, I can't do that. I can't get my, do what you can tend your own field, like stay in your lane and just do like 
what is the, the baby step that you can take? Because there's some step that you can take. So just do that. You don't have to worry about like doing what I'm doing. You don't have to worry about doing what your neighbor's doing and what your friends are doing. You have to worry about your little patch of earth that you're responsible for. And that's all you have to do. So guys, I wish you the best. I hope that 2023 is truly incredible for all of you. And I know that it will be if you make it that way. So good luck. Don't hesitate to reach out to me if you guys need anything. Peace out.